Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Okay, go bros. I got a great guest today coming out of Four Corners, Colorado. The Four Corners there, or whatever you would call it. Uh, Chris Smith is here. Chris, welcome to Grab Life Big. Thanks so much. Chris, let's start this off by a five-minute introduction to you, starting with the day you were born up until now. Yeah, well, I hate to talk about myself so much, but if five minutes, I'll try and fit it in. I was raised in a Navy family, military. When I was in grade school, my dad was flying helicopters in Vietnam, and my mom was seeing another man, and they were in a bitter divorce, so I was kind of miserable at home, but I was proud of my dad for what he did. And so I was kind of sent off to a neighbor's house who was running a good news club, and I think this is kind of important in my life that she showed me something that I have stayed with ever since. Just you can ask Jesus in your heart and he's your best friend. And so I think that's kind of helped me every step of the way to have that thought of there's something bigger than me out there, you know, in, in, in this world. Indeed. Um, so being in military family, my, my then stepdad was in the military also in the Navy. And so I moved 21 times by the time I was 21. And uh, that kind of taught me some good lessons, I think. I think overall it was good for me. We lived overseas. I started high school in South Africa and spent some time at Pearl Harbor in grade school. So I got to see some things uh, that was good. Moved back to the LA area and went to college. Met my wife in college there. Uh, After college, I got a degree in camp administration. So the mountains was where I wanted to be. <laughs> and uh, I did. I got to be a camp director for 10 years after college. And wow. We started our family up in the mountains, and all my kids love the mountains. Got six kids now, and I have 12 grandchildren at this point. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of family stuff always going on. Most of it's pretty good. Some of it's kind of lousy, but 
it's family, right? So it's just what it is. I did well in school, like grades and all. I was in like every sport, every season. Some of my favorites were like rowing crew. That was in Africa. I got to do that. Played soccer all through college. That was a great experience traveling all over the country. In 95, I became a general contractor there in Southern California. Started a business of my own after the camp stint and really enjoyed building. Did okay. Bought some property here in Colorado. Moved my family out here in 99. Built custom homes for 10, 15 years. And then started getting into some development. Um, I was right in the middle of a 40-unit condo development when the crash hit in 08. So I lost my shirt and everything I had in that. Kind of reinvented ourselves and started a Visiting Angels franchise. And uh, didn't know what we were doing, but just saw the need in our community to help the elderly. And it's taken off. And Visiting Angels is a national brand uh, I own three of their franchises now in Northern Arizona and Southern Colorado. And we're probably one of the, one of the largest franchises out of 600 and some in the country in this little rural area that needed it a lot more than we thought. So it's real satisfying work. I've got about 250 employees scattered all over these mountains, helping out the elderly and the veterans and some of the Native American tribes. We really enjoy that we're helping a lot of people out. So then I started just a few years ago investing in real estate, and that's kind of what led me to find GoBundance. I'm doing a lot of investing in Southern Missouri, a little bit here in Colorado, and a little bit in Arizona. And that seems to be working out pretty good. I'm learning a lot, reading a lot. I, I learn a lot from listening to these podcasts of the other GoBros and what they're doing. I just try and pick up a nugget anywhere I can. So that's four minutes worth, five minutes worth. That's awesome, dude. That's uh, got a lot of questions there. That's that's really cool. You know, uh, I don't know if you got an opportunity to meet Mark Swagger when you were in Breckenridge. Uh, Mark does has a payroll company, Infinity HR. They do all the payroll for senior helpers. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I did meet a, him. Did you meet him? Yeah. At a meal, yeah. yeah. That's uh, that, and that is a good business to be in, especially right now. A lot of people are, are you know, wanting the home visits, you know, because they don't want to go into a hospital because there's germs there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. So good. So are you busier than ever? Would you say? Yeah. I now, mean, as far as business goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've grown steadily every year. Yeah, I'm kind of pushing to expand a little bit more acquire another franchise or two in the next year or so. COVID slowed us down a little bit, really just slowed our growth, not our, it didn't impact us negatively because we have employees that were exposed or got sick or we have clients that were afraid or got sick. So you got to quarantine all those people. And we probably had 20% of our workforce at any one time in quarantine just for safety measures. That gets a little rough trying to grow with that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about your horizontal income. So uh, let's, uh, you know, what uh, what's your horizontal income? I don't know if you uh, outside, let's say outside of visiting angels with what you've been investing in. Uh, there's not a whole lot of income there. Maybe about fifty thousand a year 
right now. We just finished some projects that are going to increase that dramatically. I do count visiting angels as horizontal income because I have a COO that operates all the franchises. I just show up and you just, just the operating partner kind of yeah general partner. Well, so what uh, what's that look like? It's excellent. Several years ago, I realized I was probably the the limiting factor in growth, and I needed to hire people that could really take this beyond my business capacity, and you know, operating in three states with 250 employees, I just, I needed help. I had to have somebody that was real good at that. So I found someone that wanted to work for me. <laughs> I don't know why, but she ended up being a rock star and it's been fantastic. She's my COO. And in two years, it took about, it took about a year to get her and about two years to really allow her to do everything she's capable of. And now I just have to dig up old things to give her information now and then. It seems like it's about all I need to do. That's awesome, dude. So what percentager are you, Chris? I think it's like 600% or 800%. Where is that? It's pretty high because there's a lot of, of income from this business. That's great. That's how it should be. It's well yes. more than I need. <laughs> all right, good stuff. So what about your left to invest? What would you say your left to invest is after paying your taxes, uh, paying out your personal expenses, all that stuff? So this year, my goal was right at 2 million, just over 2 million left to invest. Okay. I live off about 175,000 a year, 176 here is what it says. And then, so what are you investing in? Uh, real estate, just real estate. And, and when you call them projects, what are they? Are they, are they what are you buying? Well, we just developed a 15,000 square foot industrial park. It opened mm -hmm. up two months ago. It's 85% full. It's doing really well. I, I'm in contract on a 60,000 square foot historic building in Missouri that Ooh. we want to gut and make into apartments. We've bought about close to 30 single family homes in Missouri over the last year that we've remodeled, rehabbed, and are renting out. We're holding these things. And then I bought all of my offices for this business. So I'm renting to myself in these three states. I have seven offices, I think. And some of them came as duplexes and that kind of thing, which are rented out to other medical tenants. So that's about it. I have a that's couple of short-term short rentals. Very nice. All right, let's move on to your life happiness index. Um, yeah. What number are you? 8.12. That's pretty good. What would you say the lowest uh, score that brought I, it down? Is? I knew you could ask me that. It's miserable. <laughs> I have a daughter who's struggling really bad, and it's hard to have a relationship with somebody in a bad place, you know? Mm -hmm. And our family's been, we homeschooled our kids. Our family's been close for 25 plus years and to have her really, I don't want to say she's gone off the deep end, but she has some serious problems, mental health, and uh, we don't know how to deal with it. So it's a very big stress in our family for everybody, not just my wife and I. Mm. And so that kind of brings it down that I can't fix that or help it. It's hard, man. It's hard with family because you can't choose your family. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah. 
And I mean, I'd like choose all these people. I'd choose all that I have. I just don't know how to help some of them, you know? Right. No, of course. Of course. Yeah, that's not what I meant. Yeah, it's just, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, you don't know. You can't control it. There's some things like, I used to think that as a, uh, you know, I saw myself as a patriarch and I can control these things. And then my sister kind of um, had a one way falling out with me. You know what I mean? And uh, I couldn't control that. You know, how do you? control one person falling out with you one way i mean it's just so yeah it's just you can't control it you know it's so, very difficult too yeah. yeah all right cool and then so what uh let's talk about your health what do you eat how do you work out that sort of thing so go abundance has helped me a little bit i was already kind of on a track that now that i have more time not working nearly as much i kind of purposely move my my headquarters right next door to a crossfit <laughs> so oh, i go shit. anytime i just jump over there so i do crossfit about six days a week and uh and then i play racquetball like in tournaments uh not as much as i used to but still i play in the highest open level of the amateurs and just enjoy that for fun but i started about a year ago i started having a nutrition coach crossfit offers this auxiliary service and uh it's been really good you track on a little app you track your protein your fat your carbs for the day and you have these targets that i thought were ridiculous like i was eating maybe less than half the protein i should have been eating for really? the kind of workouts i was doing and i've kept that going because it really made a difference my you know i dropped the, those couple extra pounds that i just didn't I didn't really care about it, but it just got rid of that tire little thing around you, even if you're working out a lot. And then um, my body fat's gone down to like 10% now. And, you know, I'm not a, not a triathlete or anything. I just do like an hour workout a day. And so how, how old are you, Chris? 57. Okay. So what do you eat? I Like in the morning, I'll have a smoothie, like kefir protein powder and some other I mean, what kind of protein powder? Ke What'd you say, kefir? Oh, well, I mix it with kefir, like a what yogurt. What the hell's kefir? It's oh, like a yogurt drink. Oh, I don't know what that is, yeah. They sell it in the grocery store. Kefir, okay. And then some powders of greens and reds and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so that's breakfast, and then what? Yeah, then I'll have like a nice breakfast midday or uh, mid-morning, like 10 or 11. And then another little snack, maybe a yogurt or something around noon, and then uh, a meal in the mid-afternoon, like one or two o'clock, and then a decent dinner. Uh, but very little carbs, like breads, very little in the way of breads or pasta, mostly meat and plant proteins, and, uh, and I eat a lot of dairy. I, it agrees with me, and I like it, and it gives me a lot of protein. So that's kind of my diet. Yeah. That, do you drink at all? Uh, no, very, very little. Very little. Because that's yeah. a huge carber. Right yeah, there, that's part of the reason I've just not gotten into it too much. It's so hard to keep my, uh, you know, I have to keep track and my coach looks at it. And it's like if I go and take a couple beers, it's like, ah, the day's shot. <laughs> yeah, you might as well have pizza for lunch, you know. Right. Because, yeah. Okay, ex excellent. And so what do you weigh? 170. And um, 
Your body fat's 10? Yeah, yeah. We get to measure it there at the gym. They have a little scale. And then has it always been like this? Or what was it when you were 47 or 37? Well, I think during the era of children, I probably wasn't nearly as in shape, of course. You're just not as diligent. The consistency is what's done it recently. But like I said, in high school and in college, I was playing sports every season, all season. And after college, before kids, I raced mountain bikes all over the place. And I was probably in pretty top shape then. I did real well winning a lot of races and stuff. But um, that was in my 30s. And then I just did building. Like I was building homes in my 40s. And so, you know, I worked out a little bit and played racquetball a lot. But I think now I might be in the best shape I've ever been in. And and you and that's just consistency because you're going to CrossFit yeah. six days a week. Yeah, but now you go at the same time. You go at the same time to CrossFit every day, or what? How's you, how do you work? Uh, that? I try to, but with COVID, it kind of messes things up. You have to schedule mm. your workout ahead of time, like a day before. Because they're only letting a certain amount of people in. Yeah. All right. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of your greatest hits here. So, you know, any musician has a greatest hits album. I want to hear Chris Smith's greatest hits album you know what would you say in the 57 year lifespan that you've had your five greatest hits like poignant moments well i don't think i've had any super great ones but i really like them <laughs> <laughs> that's all that counts but brag about but i really enjoy them so we lived in la for about 15 20 years and uh when we moved to Colorado, I felt like that was the greatest hit. We moved to this dinky little town, started our own business right off. I mean, pretty stupid move, really, uh, economically, but it worked. And we're really happy. My kids like the whole idea. My wife loves it. We have this porch that has these most amazing mountain views of the Continental Divide. We just, we just sit out there every chance we can, just enjoying it. So that was a big one, just moving to Colorado. I was pretty excited that I did my first CrossFit competition at 57 years old, and I didn't place last. So I was like, "As a so let's talk. Let's talk about that. What is a CrossFit competition?" Well, we went to Colorado Springs, and there was a good, I don't know, 100, 200 people there, lots of them, and they're all pretty imposing athletes. You know, a lot younger than me. <laughs> I was probably old enough to be the dad of the median age. But my son joined me and uh, the one that's working in Missouri on my real estate stuff there. And we, you do it in teams, like it's two people. And every like two or three, you do two or three workouts a day for two days. And these are, they're fairly short, like 20 minutes each, but it's like a 20 minute all out, everything you got till you pass out. <laughs> And then you see how you do. <laughs> but like one of them was, one of them was just weights. Like you, you do a power clean. That's where you lift the barbell up to your chest and you go like 
100 pounds, 110 pounds, 120 pounds, and all the way up till you fail. And that's your score. And uh, other ones are, much, that was the easiest one. The, the others are, I mean, you're, you're literally about to pass out. You're just, you can't find enough oxygen in the room. Doing pull-ups and barbells and push-ups and toes to bar. I don't know if you know what that is. You, you lift your toes and touch the bar where your hands are hanging from. And yeah. just do as many as you can, as fast as you can, until you fall off the bar. <laughs> well, that's it's funny that you say that, that you didn't come in last, because uh, I used to do CrossFit, and that was my only goal was not to come in last. And that was only out of, like, seven or ten people that were at the class, right? I was like, I'm going to – because I was always the oldest. I never went to CrossFit where there was someone older than me. And most of them were, like, 20. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like really young. So that was my only goal every day was like, if I come in second to last, I'm happy. You know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, so I get you 100%. Okay, so what? Uh, so that's two. What else okay. you got? A uh, year and a half ago, we had a big family reunion in at the Aulani Hotel in Hawaii. Mm. And that was a blast. Everybody loved it. It was one of the most memorable things I think our family's done. So, okay, so let me talk about that. You got six kids. You're, you consider yourself the patriarch, correct? Mm-hmm. How did you organize that? Did you pay for it? This is a good lesson. Well, How'd grandma paid for it. Grandma did. So yeah, your mom. My, my, your wife's, mom. my wife's mom. Your wife's mother paid for it. Okay, so let's yeah, talk it, about this. It was expensive. It was probably a quarter million bucks, all told, I, I believe. Holy shit. Grandma's but, doing well, huh? Oh yeah, she's doing very well. But her <laughs> husband, it was our dream to do this. And then her husband, my father-in-law passed away. And she says, well, now that he's gone, I can spend all his money. So we're going. And, and she arranged it. And we had 40 some people there for a week at the Aulani. And it was very memorable for everybody. That is, a, how old is she? 78. That is a, that, that's an incredible story, right? So here's somebody that's 78 that's like seeing the, the finish line of life and being like, I can't take it to the grave. That's right. I'm going to spend it. The amount is just so irrelevant if you have it, right? Because she's like, I got this money. You know, I know I'm not going to spend it before I die. A quarter of a million bucks. Now, did she pay for flights and Everything. Everything. She gave everyone cards for expenses while they were there. Even the, you know, the, I think there was one or two uh, fiancés that showed up <laughs> just to join in. <laughs> How many people came? I think it was 41. That's absolutely amazing, dude. I love that because, you know, I think that we just don't think about money in that sense of what we can create. I learned this. I had an employee that, uh, that married a girl whose father was very uh, wealthy and he would always be doing things with that family. And uh, I said to him once, I was like, well, how does he, how does your father-in-law create that dynamic, that patriarchal dynamic where he's just kind of, you're always going hanging out. Not that they were disrespecting his family, but that they were just, together you know his family might even have been invited and he says he just pays for it like he'll he said he he will just be like hey i got uh 10 front row tickets to jerry seinfeld on this date 
which family members want to come first 10 get to come and then they'd have this awesome family event you know what i mean and he would just pay for it and i think that that's kind of a sense of how you can control your family and because you're naturally going to bond and, and have memories from that well we we he built it up over over our married life my father-in-law before he passed he he bought a cabin up near Mammoth, California, and he bought a, a place on the Colorado River out near Blythe, California. And so every year, that's where we went on vacation our whole life and almost always with them. So Ooh. to have this family and with our cousins and all that too. Now, not everybody was there every time, but it just developed that. Like our cousins feel like brothers and sisters. My kids, you know, my kids' cousins. They're like brothers and sisters. They spent so much time together and had so much life together. So having another a family reunion was just a culmination of that decades of closeness. That I think that's why it was actually so meaningful. Yeah, well, that's a great lesson there, too. He built it up. So he set out with this goal. He said, I'm going to have this cabin. And again, yeah. you know, these two houses and you guys can use them. But by the way. I may pop in while you're using them, no, or I may just say, this. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He, he tolerated us all. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love that. All right, what else? Okay, let's see. Um, so, something I did with my kids was every time one of my six kids turned double digits, like when they turned ten, they got to go on a trip with dad, some adventure, Ooh. something. Sometimes I was so poor, I just take them to a, a business trip. <laughs> And they tag along, but they thought they were going somewhere cool, and we always did something special. But, you know, one time I took my daughter. We went for a week skiing at Whistler, and, you know, that was a big deal for a 12-year-old. Oh, yeah. Or took my boys backpacking, you know, a big backpack. We did one, three of my boys. We took them all, not just the one that turned 10. But we, we wanted to backpack over the Continental Divide, without taking any food, we we're going to live off the land. <laughs> we basically starved, but we made it. <laughs> I think we caught one little fish and shot a grouse. I don't know. We didn't, we didn't do very good. We were hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So every, so did you, did you continue on at 30, 40 or just 10 and 20? No, just when they reached double digits. Now, I'm going to do it with my grandkids. Oh, um, just at 10 years old. Just at 10 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So that was a 10-year 10 10 year bonus. And now you're going to do it with your grandkids. At their 10-year bonus, you're going to say, what do you want to do? Yeah, I think for the grandkids, I'm going to wait till they're a little older, like 14, 15. Because I got the means now to maybe travel around the world or go on an, you know, kind of a bigger adventure. And I want to do that myself, so now I have someone I can con into going with me. <laughs> <laughs> to be your wingman. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that's great. You're, you're going to expand their mind so much, you know, by yeah. giving them that opportunity. All right, cool. And uh, do you got a last one? Well, the last one, I guess, for me, it's exciting, just succeeding in business. I, I always wanted to be successful. I just worked hard every day, year after year, and then all of a sudden something worked. Uh, several years ago, I was like, wow, that's really changed my life. So I guess that's a big hit for me. Well, those are, those are five great ones, buddy. You, you, you're, uh, 
you're being modest. Those were awesome. What about your future greatest hits? What do you see in the future there? Well, one big goal, now that I've been setting goals, I really appreciate GoBundance helping me with this. One year, I want to give a million dollars away to charity somehow. And before I die, that's my that's one big goal I have. One check. One. Well, in one year. I don't know if it'll all yeah, go to yeah, one place. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. And then I mentioned taking each grandchild on a big adventure. That's kind of, that's my bucket list till the, till I die. Cause I got 12 yeah. grandkids. So it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Holy dirt. Yeah. You ain't kidding. You're going to be busy. That's going to, that's going to be a full-time job. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> right? <They're gonna> be... <laughs> so I need practice on adventures with GoBundance. So I know how to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could take them all, take four or five at a time and bring some chaperones. Right. Yeah. My, my boys are enamored with these Tesla trucks. They haven't even come out, come out yet, I don't think. But I think if I got a Tesla truck, they would think I was a god or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll get one, but that's kind of a dream. I am looking at doing another CrossFit competition, maybe getting serious about competing in a master's level, not just against all the young people that I don't have a chance. Maybe you should see if there's any other GoBundance brothers who uh, would want to do that with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you find the date, let me know. We can put it out there and, you know, see. That's a good idea. I didn't think of that. But I will – maybe I'll throw it up on Facebook and just see if anybody's – Yeah, just see who bites. Put, some, put, put enough time in there so people could plan but yeah, right. and, and train. And my last one is I just – I want to do some fun stuff with my wife traveling, like extended traveling. You know, I've thought of like some of the ideas I've heard on your podcast of several months at a time living somewhere else, like, like a vacation or mm -hmm. an alternate place just to experience that. That's awesome, dude. How long have you been married, Chris? 35 years. That's awesome. You guys met at summer camp? We met at college. First day of college, I met her at a freshman social, and I was like, dang, I think she's the one. <laughs> Are you serious? Just like that, huh? She was That's dating awesome. someone else and busy, and it took a couple of years to finally get her, but yeah. <laughs> That's a great, another great story, man. You're full of them. That's... That's awesome. What about giving back now? Do you, like, you want to give a million dollars to charity. Do you give back currently? Yeah, it's always been a part of my life. You know, I'm 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 a churchgoer. I I tithe on my income, but yeah. uh, now that's a lot more than it used to be. So I'm I'm kind of splitting it up a little bit. So I, I give money to various charities to our uh, pregnancy center here in town. There's a, a project in Uganda of a kid that used to work for me. He started. They have a a, a mango grove like acres of mango trees and the problem with now malnutrition there is really bad because they gorge on the mangoes during the season and then they starve the rest of the year well he started this program where they teach them how to can the mangoes and dry them and so they have nutrition year-round so we've helped uh we've paid for the head nurses she's getting a nurse practitioner degree so that'll help them dramatically in, in their nutrition efforts. So we, we paid for her degree, her three-year schooling for that. 
And there's several other people we, we support on a regular basis that work overseas or in uh, evangelism or like there's one, one couple where we're, they're living at our house right now for a couple months. They work with the Maasai people in Tanzania. Yeah, yeah. We visited them when we went and did Kilimanjaro. Yeah. So their life is pretty exciting. We've known them since college and uh, we're getting more involved with their, with their work. And then just time-wise, uh, one thing that's been really fun for me during COVID, a lot of these missionaries, these nonprofits, they pretty much got shut down, right? Oh. Or sent home. And so I've been scheduling appointments with them all in person to just talk to them about their work and what their plans are when they get back and encouraging them saying, you are important. Your work is important. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They get sent back to Africa. Yeah. Saying, or they get, and, and they were working here in the States. No, like most missionaries were sent home. Like they had to leave wherever they were. Uh, oh, I got it. So you're a missionary from U U.S. and you go to Africa and you get sent back to the U.S. Okay. Yeah. So um, you're encouraging them to go back and just hang in there and don't quit yeah, like and get a real job. Stick to your mission, you know. And I mean, yeah. another one today that works in India, a young couple that I coached him when he was younger. And uh, so good relationships there. But then also I'm on a couple boards. One is our community development corporation like economic development for our county and that's been fun you know i've learned a lot and i think we've helped uh improve our community with some projects uh that they're working on i've been on the chamber board for years our chamber of commerce that's awesome so chris let's uh, wrap this up with uh, two questions first of all what is your superpower and uh, what is your kryptonite so i had a dream about this the superpower idea i dreamt my superpower was I could solve these kind of engineering problems, not like hardcore engineering, but I could solve problems for people. And like these boards that I'm on, like the Community Development Corporation, you know, they have to raise their own funds and everything to stay afloat and all. And, and I'm kind of the idea man in the room. I don't, I don't know how to get them done necessarily, but i come up with the ideas to help them uh, survive and thrive. And so far they've, they've worked, you know, they've been, I've contributed. Anyway, I had this dream where I was standing on a pothole in the street because potholes are a big problem in these snow towns, you know, <laughs> and I was standing on this pothole and in my mind, I could see this whole underground system of pipes and wires and everything that would fix every pothole in the County automatically. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I had the superpower to solve these problems for people. I, I have never done anything that worthwhile, but. <laughs> <laughs> the damn potholes, I could see it. <laughs> yeah. It's a pet peeve of yours. Well, anyway, what, what's so, your, yeah. That's kind of what I think. What about your kryptonite? Like what's, what's, uh, it's not good for you. You know, what's, well, uh, messes you up. Okay. So here's a good confession in CrossFit. When it gets really hard, I stop. I can't keep going, you know. And, you know, I'm talking hard like yeah. I go longer than almost anybody in the room. But when it gets hard, I stop. I can't do another one. And, and I feel like I give up. In school, I did good, but not as good as my wife. She knew how to do the final draft and put out a paper that was perfect. 
I got to the final draft and I said, this is good enough. I got to move on to something else. I just, I feel like that last step of finishing something excellent is always been a struggle for me. What's the last step now? What's your big last step now that you're not That's finishing? a good question. I feel like I'm struggling with that because I'm 57, right? I don't want to give up on the last step of my life. I want to finish and be excellent. Strong. And so that's why I joined GoBundance. I need to be yeah, held accountable. That's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because, you know, certainly the question that comes to my mind is do you sell? Is the last step selling for $10 million, right? Like I know, like I just talked to a guy actually that uh, Mark Swagger introduced me to that just sold his uh, three senior helpers. And uh, he, he called me and we had an hour-long conversation and we're still in communication about like what he does with the money that he got. He's it's probably about fifty. I think he's fifty. I think he was about sixty. Anyway, so that's that's an interesting thing, and I I get you because I'm kind of the same way too. It's like sometimes I'll do things eighty percent, and then I'll just feel like leaving them, and for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, why don't I just finish it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. My God. Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, I um, I commend you on um on your giving back. You've inspired me with your, with your uh, weight training. I'm 54, so you know I, I was just thinking the other day that I should be working out six days a week. And some days I feel like I work out hard for three days, and then I'm so sore that I, you mm -hmm. know, take the day off. And and a lot of times I'll take weekends off. And I just I think it's dangerous. I think if you're uh, if you're on a consistent schedule like you are, six days a week at least at that's that's the key, right? That's I think consistency is a key with any sort of help. Yeah. I think so CrossFit, inspire me then. I like CrossFit because I mean they you get hit hard. There, it's an extreme workout. It's short, but it's extreme. And I think there's something, especially for men, like you have to you have to battle something hard to stay at the top of your game every day. Uh, and that's what it feels like you know it's it's artificial, of course, but. You feel like you're you're given everything you got at least for a few minutes every day. Yeah, and that's the type of workout that you go in. And you're like, I do not feel like doing this, <laughs> and all of a sudden you get slammed <laughs> almost every day. Like, that's what it feels yeah. like. <laughs> you know, and that's good for you. You know what I mean? Get off your ass. That's that's uh, that's good for you. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it was really up to us. And that's where the consistency helps. It's funny that you built your uh, office next to one, too. I mean, that's... That accountability is true. right out my window. I can't ignore it. <laughs> true accountability, right? Yeah. True accountability. Well, Chris, this has really been fun. I've, I've enjoyed this. I'm going to put all of Chris's information, guys, in the show notes. Please reach out to him on the Facebook page if you're interested in doing a crossfit challenge of of sorts and uh anything else and uh, chris i look forward to uh breaking some bread with you in the near future yeah me too thanks a lot in life to be honest i failed as much as i've succeeded but i love my wife i love my life and i wish you my kind of success
step to me, don't step to me, don't step to me, bitch. Now you can take